section seventeen of the inheritance by susan edmonstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume one chapter seventeen he's a terrible man john todd john todd he's a terrible man john todd he scolds in the house he scolds at the door he scolds on the very high road john todd he scolds on the very high road john todd he's weel respect john todd john todd he's weel respect john todd we your old strip it cool you look mace like a fool but there's nous in the lining john todd john todd but there's nous in the lining john todd old song the day was hot even to sultriness and neither mrs st clair nor her daughter were inclined to converse beyond a passing remark now and then on the heat dust road sun etc both indeed were too agreeably occupied with their own meditations for any interchange of thought the former was busy revolving how she was to carry uncle adam and his seventy thousand pounds by a coup de main and as a preliminary step had provided herself with a french musical snuff-box and a dozen of embroidered cambric pocket-handkerchiefs but mrs st clair little knew the person she had to deal with when she thought to propitiate him by any such sacrifices mr adam ramsay was a man of a fair character strong understanding but particular temper and unpleasing manners with a good deal of penetration which as is too often the case served no other purpose than to disgust him with his own species he had left home penniless at an early period of life to push his fortune in the world and after having toiled and broiled for fifty years he had returned to what was now become a stranger land laden with wealth which he had no longer even the wish to enjoy he felt that he had lived in vain he had no one to love no one to share in his possessions and that only cordial which can give a relish even to the dregs of life was not his the treasures he had laid up were all of this world and to a childless cynical old man perhaps great wealth is even more galling than great poverty yet there were good points in his character and perhaps had he been a husband and father and had his heart been kept alive to the tender charities of life he might have proved an amiable man and an agreeable member of society he possessed strong natural affections which though they had lain long dormant were not yet extinct it was said that in early youth he had loved and been loved by one as poor and as friendless and somewhat lower in degree than himself and that it was in the hope of gaining affluence for her that he had crossed the seas and sought his fortunes in a foreign land but many are the disappointments that precede the fulfilment of our hopes and many a year rolled on and found mr ramsay as poor as at the first till despairing of ever being able to return and claim his bride he wrote to release her from her promise of awaiting his return 
the fortune at length was made but too late the gay dreams of youth were fled for ever his mistress had married and was dead and the sanguine adventurous stripling was grown into the soured misanthropic old man such was the outline of uncle adam's story and little more remains to be said of him he lived much alone had all the habits of a recluse and all the little peculiarities which are supposed to belong to single gentlemen of a certain age in particular he had an extreme dislike to receiving those delicate attentions which are sometimes so assiduously rendered to the rich and the childless not timon himself was more tenacious in this respect than uncle adam or more disposed to buffet all whom he suspected of a design to prey upon his hordes the house he now inhabited was one he had taken as a temporary residence on his first arrival and although he had bought a fine estate with a suitable mansion in the immediate vicinity and every day had proposed taking possession of it yet each revolving term found him sitting in the self-same parlour in the self-same chair and in the self-same frame of mind it was at this suburban villa that the handsome equipage of the earl of rossville now stopped it was a small vulgar staring red house with a plot of long bottle-green grass in front and a narrow border of the coarsest of flowers or rather flowering weeds interspersed with nettles growing thin and straggling from a green slimy-looking soil and covered with dust from the road from which it was only separated by a railing mrs st clair reddened with shame as she marked the contemptuous air with which the consequential footman rapped on the humble door for bell or knocker there was none the door was speedily flung open to its farthest extent by a fat rosy stamping damsel in a flaming gown and topknots who testified the greatest alacrity in doing the honours of the entrance what a habitation for a man with seventy thousand pounds exclaimed mrs st clair as she entered but there was no time for pursuing her observations for she was the next minute in the little parlour of uncle adam it was a small close room with a meridian sun streaming full into it and calling forth to view myriads of dancing motes that people the sunbeams while innumerable hosts of huge flies buzzed and revelled in all the luxury of its heat and an expiring fire with its usual concomitants of dust and ashes seemed fast sinking beneath the influence of the god of day a small dining-table and a few haircloth chairs stuck against the walls comprised the whole furniture of the room a framed table of weights and measures an old newspaper and a parcel of dusty parchments tied with a red tape formed its resources and decorations altogether it wore the comfortless aspect of a bad inn's worst parlour a sort of place where one might pass five minutes while changing horses but where there was no inducement even for the weary traveller to tarry mr ramsay sat by the side of the expiring fire seemingly contemplating the ghosts and cinders which lay scattered over the hearth but he had somewhat the air of a man prepared rather unwillingly to receive company he was above the middle size with high stooping shoulders sharp cross-looking elbows projecting far beyond his back a somewhat stormy blue face and little pale eyes 
surmounted by shaggy white eyebrows his ordinary headpiece a striped woollen nightcap had been laid aside for a capacious powdered peruke with side curls and a large queue to complete the whole he was left-handed which gave a peculiar awkwardness to his naturally ungainly deportment he welcomed mrs st clair with a mixture of cordiality and awkwardness as if he wished to be kind but did not know very well how to set about it she had too much manner however to allow him to remain under any embarrassment on that score and was squeezing uncle adam's somewhat reluctant hand and smiling on his rugged visage and uttering a thousand soft and civil things to his rather averted ear when suddenly she stopped for she felt that all was thrown away her uncle had fixed his eyes on gertrude and regarding her with visible emotion seemed unconscious of every other object who is that at length demanded he in an agitated voice pardon me my dear uncle replied mrs st clair but in my happiness at seeing you i forgot that my daughter was likewise a stranger to you your daughter exclaimed mr ramsay it's not possible why so my dear uncle asked mrs st clair with a smile and in full expectation of a gallant compliment on her own youthful appearance she's the very picture of but you'll no mind lizzie lundy bonny lizzie lundy he gave a sort of growling sigh and a pause followed visions of former days seemed to crowd into the old man's mind and he went on as if communing with himself i little thought when i parted frae her fifty year come martinmas that i had taen my last look o lizzie and as little did i think when i heard she was gain that i should ever live to see her like in this warld no that she just matches lizzie neither and something like a tear gleamed in his eye as he continued to gaze on the image of his youthful fancy gertrude's style of dress was such as helped to heighten the illusion owing to the heat of the day she had thrown off her bonnet and the band that confined her hair wore almost the appearance of the snood which had been the prevailing fashion for damsels of livesey's degree in her day her throat also was uncovered and the whole contour of the head was thus displayed at once in all the simplicity of nature and one more strikingly beautiful could scarcely be conceived confused by the blunt admiration thus expressed for her gertrude looked to her mother and struck with the deadly paleness of her countenance she hastily exclaimed mamma you are ill and mrs st clair gasping for breath sunk almost lifeless in her daughter's arms air air was all she could articulate and that certainly was the one thing needful in uncle adam's apartment for the atmosphere was indeed suffocating the door and window were instantly thrown open gertrude held a glass of water to her mother's pallid lips and mr ramsay stuffed a bunch of southern wood into her powerless hand at length these restoratives appeared to produce their effects and mrs st clair slowly revived due apologies were of course made and accepted the uncommon heat of the day was much commented on and the closeness of the room delicately hinted at some refreshments not of the choicest description were now brought in by the great awkward heavy-footed maid-servant and mr ramsay taking a glass of wine drank a welcome to his niece on her return to scotland and to the bonny creature you've brought with you added he again fixing his eyes on gertrude after all continued he the thing's not impossible lizzie was a relation of ours a distant one to be sure let me see lizzie's father and my father were 
cousin germain's bairns but that'll no do for it's by the other side of the hoose it was by my father mrs st clair's colour rose to the deepest crimson and she seemed struggling to subdue her feelings at length making an effort at self-control she said with affected pleasantry i have no doubt my daughter has great reason to be flattered at the resemblance you have discovered for her but my dear uncle you know there are certain prejudices certain notions that some people entertain in short the thing to be talked of amongst ourselves is very well and it is very flattering to me that my daughter's looks should afford you pleasure but i own i i should be sorry i would rather that a report of such a resemblance were not to reach the rossville family they now consider my daughter as one of themselves and their pride might be hurt you know and a prejudice created that might prove highly detrimental to gertrude's best interests set them up with their pride cried mr ramsay all softer emotions giving way to indignation their pride hurt indeed at being compared to lizzie lundy there's no a uh, rossville or a st clair among them that e'er i saw was fit to tie lizzie lundy's shoe the queen upon the throne might have thought it an honour to be compared to lizzie and the little chamber seemed as though it would not contain him in his wrath as he paced up and down its narrow bounds with his hands crossed behind his back all shyness and embarrassment had vanished in this burst of passion and uncle adam stood revealed in his own character then suddenly stopping and what would hay come a ye if lizzie lundy had been what i ants thought she were hay been my wedded wife what would your rossville's hay done then would you hay thought it a disgrace then that your daughter should hay been likened to your uncle's wife oh this is too much exclaimed mrs st clair bursting into tears what's too much cried he continuing to walk up and down in great discomposure then suddenly stopping and softening at sight of his niece's distress come come what's a this for was me ye hay suffered little in the world if the hasty word oh an old man can set ye off this way you ken me better by and by than to mind a that i say then patting gertrude on the shoulder as she hung over her mother it's you that has made us cast out and it's you that maun make us grieve gertrude took her mother's hand and put it in her uncle's he took it kindly and mrs st clair as soon as she found voice said excuse me my dear uncle i am ashamed of my weakness but my nerves are now so shattered and my spirits are not what they once were i have a difficult part to play and it is not surprising if in short dependent as i am on the relations of my child and that dear child's interest so much at stake too you cannot wonder if i am sometimes driven if i sometimes stoop if i should sometimes tremble mrs st clair seemed at a loss to finish but her uncle saved her the trouble ay ay you have a proud thrawn pack to deal with i believe then you understand my dear uncle the reason of my wishing that ay ay you need not be feared for me but i mon i think the likeness maist wonderful most wonderful most wonderful repeated he two or three times as he contemplated and severally enumerated every feature summing up the whole with since i saw lizzie lundy i've never seen the woman that i thought worth the looking at till now at that moment a smart female figure feathered and furbelowed entered the little yard and approached the house there's un o oh, the fool tribe cried he my bonny niece miss bell black i ne'er see that creature that i did not wish myself blind and deaf and doited and thereupon entered miss bell End of section. 17.